Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey! What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Hello, it's the Luke and Pete Show, episode, I'm looking behind me, 53. 53, hey? 53 years young. We can now legally do everything. That man finishing a snack is Pete Donaldson. It wasn't finished a snack, I finished a snack ages ago. What was it? It was a... <laughs> you fixed it, you just dropped it on the floor. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> a vegan paleo, good source of phosphorus. Yeah. Do we need phosphorus? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> is, that, mean, is that a thing you used to light in science experiments yeah, at school? A good, a good source of phosphorus. Magnesium definitely lit some magnesium ribbon in my Oh, that's time. what I'm thinking of, yeah. And uh, thiamine as well. Those don't sound good. I mean, magnesium, all right, but like, yeah. Well, the, People the, tell you you need... It's like, it's like the calcium thing we were talking about early on. Like, we get told that kids need loads of calcium. Do they? Yeah. Know. Worst case scenario here, Pete, you um, get yourself another comedy ailment which is all grist for the mill on mm. this show. Um, best case try, scenario, try, it makes you healthier and you're around for longer. Shall I try and get scurvy for a laugh? No, I would recommend that. I remember um, there was a lad in... I got some pretty decent exam results at A-level. I wasn't predicted that amount of uh, decent exam results. We've got ABC, history, English and computing. That's very good. And I did English and computing at A-level. You didn't, you, didn't you muff up computing even I got worse U. than I did? I got a U. I muffed it up and I got a C. I got a D in English as well. Oof. Yeah. yeah. You won't play by the rules, that's why. No. Um, but I remember going to visit my friend in Peterhouse in Cambridge. Uh, and because I was a little scrot, I was never offered the opportunity to tour the grounds as a, you know, as a precursor to a possible admission to, um, to uh, Cambridge University. One of Oxford, our finest one of educational our, establishments. One of our finest red brick establishments. Yeah. And um, so I was never allowed to sort of, you know, even entertain a notion that I was going to be going to Cambridge. Uh, so I went elsewhere. But I met so many people with my exam results in Peterhouse. Did you? Yeah, including one lad who'd taken his um, his loan. We were the first year that loans came in, which is great. Um, took his year, uh, first year loan and uh, stuck it on a really expensive hi-fi. And then 
got one of the um, last recorded cases of scurvy in the UK. I wondered where this was going. Because he just ate bread all the time, didn't he? Any fruit? Scurvy, was that for a lack of vitamins? I believe so, yes. You can't just subsist on uh, bread alone. You've got to have some uh, fruities. You're not getting into Cambridge with ABC, though, are you? People are doing that, are they? No, my point was that they were, had the exact they were, same... No, that's what you're saying. They yeah, were. The exact same... <laughs> oh, yeah, you can get in, yeah, you can get in with... You know, three Bs, can't you? I, I thought it would just be three A's or don't nah. even bother applying. Nah, not the case. Oh, well, maybe these people came from Eton. Maybe these people came from decent schools. Yeah. But I remember being a bit put out by the whole experience. Are you from Eton? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've just eaten. Yeah. Hey. No, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, I've got full of phosphorus, mate. That, in a way, is um, a very good uh, example of why the class system is so um, difficult for people to overcome in this country, Pete. I don't think you should have gone to Cambridge anyway, but, I, but I do understand the point. I might have been able to ride a bike. That's I'm true. I've ridden a bike in a long time. Have a nice scarf. Have a nice scarf. Yeah. Uh, go you could know have, which fork to use in a posh restaurant. You could have said a touching, you could have um, had a touching tribute to Stephen Hawking when he sadly passed away. <laughs> exactly, yeah. As a man who was uh, educated at the same establishment as Mr. Stephen Hawking. I remember going round a friend's uh, little room in um, Peterhouse. Oh, that was a Peter, it was a different college in, in, in Cambridge. And, uh, I did you realise pulling... because it's called Peter House? Doesn't mean you can you go get there. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got excited. Um, and uh, is that the gay? I think it might be the gay college, Peter House. Or primary, I don't know why, how, why gays would suddenly find themselves in a particular college, but I don't know. Either way, um, the uh, I remember sort of um, spying on my friend, uh, and he was having a little cheese afternoon with his friends. <laughs> a little, little bit of cheese. Boy from Hartlepool having a bit yeah. of cheese with his friends. Bit of pot, bit of cheese. What were you doing at that time? What was the equivalent in De Montfort? Um, Sarah Lee cheesecake from uh, yeah. Spa. Yeah. Got cheese in it, so. Very similar down in, uh, in Farnborough <laughs> College of Technology where I went. But... Um, but there you have it. So last couple of weeks, last week really, um, you were famously confused by the Easter story. Yeah, not my finest quite, hour. It made me laugh a lot that day. Not that my was finest good. Hour, yeah. Um, I got social media Sam to do a piece on that for the Twitter. Oh, good. At Luke and Pete Show, if you want to catch up with that, we're all still getting over Botfly Gate. Yeah, aren't I, we? Things going in and going out, and I think the worst thing about Botflies going in and going out, or like blackheads, or anything that you've that that goes in and out. With a very precise haul. There's something very horrible about... Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm... Well, the thing I took away from it, Pete, was, and it was unexpected, um, I had some baked beans for dinner about three or four days ago. And right. because in the email, um, the emailer, Botfly, Botfly Ben, mm. whatever his name was... Um, Kept saying they were as big as a baked bean. Yeah, it really right. affected me. I, it was, I, I still ate all the baked beans, but... Uh, <laughs> I like that you lined them up and, and, and like, basically... <laughs> Gave them the Inquisition. A yellow bot fly. I had to stab them with a fork to make sure. <laughs> I had to smear them all with Vaseline to yeah. suffocate any would-be bot flies. That, that's what you them. put on your food anyway. Yeah. Um, you met Brian Cranston last week as well. Did, yeah. And did some... Emily, Emily Blunt this morning. She was, did you really? She was a little late. Well, tell us about that. She's nice. Uh, she's the wife of uh, John Krasinski. Who, who uh, is um, in the American office. Yeah, Tim. Tim oh, it's not Tim. Not Tim. He's called... Um, um, oh, what is he called? Jim. 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 Barry. That's a big leap, isn't it? Stop Jim. talking about Barry's. Yeah, so uh, they, uh, yeah, she was lovely. They were talking about the film A Quiet Place, which I think I mentioned last week, was very good. And then um, finally, just to finish off the roundup from last week to get, give people the familiarity of, of listening, uh, someone got confused by the word Chilean, thinking it meant a numerical amount like million or billion. Nice. Very entertaining. Um, have you got an it's been this week? Because I've got a couple. I'll probably just do one. Mine's, one of mine's quite good. Yeah, okay. Do you want to do an it's been? I'll do an it's been. It's particularly present this time. Uh, well, oh, yes. Oh, pretty suitable, anyway. Would you want to put that to bed now? 
Yeah, all right then. Let's do three of those. <laughs> yeah, it's Ben. Um, Bare Naked, that wasn't, that was okay. Mm. Bare Naked Ladies are Canadian, not American. Thank you to everyone who emailed in. All Pete said was, and this is how precise you've got to be on this show. Yeah. Uh, Pete said that American bands work really hard. Of course, referring to Bare Naked Ladies who are Canadian. Mm. Uh, but I think what's happened here, Pete, I don't know if you agree, but what I suspect has happened is um, Canadians have this similar complex that New Zealanders have where they don't like things being mistaken for in their case, American, mm. or in New Zealand's case, Australian, because yeah. they feel like they want to take ownership because they're quite a small country in terms of population in comparison. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was not well, expecting well, that. We got a little message from Laura saying, uh, what I like about this is she's, she's, she basically says she doesn't even listen to the show. Hi, my name is Laura, and my husband told me to let you know that I have ever-ready batteries in my remote. Good. Him too. Presumably, because you live together. You share a remote. <laughs> imagine having imagine having individual remotes for the TV. That'd be That's a nightmare, nice. wouldn't that it? Would, oh, that'd be a yeah. It's like a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, as a first-time forced listener to this pointless and incorrect podcast, <laughs> and as a Canadian, I feel it's important to let you know that the bare naked ladies are in fact my countrymen. They are not American, but come from Toronto in Canada. There we go. There we go. Do you want a quick one as well? I mean, the, the, these emails are all just the same, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, who's doing this? This is uh, Shannon Davidson. Thank you, uh, Shannon. Who's got Ruido brand batteries. Have we seen a few of those? Quite nice. Ruido. I've not think I've ever seen a Ruido. We've seen those on the Twitter, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, been listening since the very beginning. I, I look forward to listening to you boys every week. You really helped me get me through my long work weeks. As I work three jobs. My word, Shannon. Wow, that keep is- busy. I hear that the Canadians are very hardworking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Shannon's from New Brunswick in uh, Atlantic Canada, apparently. Uh, first off, I'm pretty sure you do know this band are Canadian. Uh, the band were recently inducted in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and were presented with the award at the Junos, which is Canada's version of the Grammys, by Getty Lee, who is the lead singer of Rush, also Canadian, which I'm sure yeah. you both know, and Michael Bublé, uh, which, who was actually the host of the award show, who used to go out with... Emily Blunt. Oh, okay. There's your link. The band has remained together, uh, however, to mark the award at the Junos. All the original members of the band reunited and performed. Stephen Page, the former frontman of the band, left in 2009 to pursue a solo career, but also amidst some legal troubles, there's been some bad blood between him and the band in the years, including uh, some legal stuff. Hmm. Good. Do you remember that Michael Bublé meme thing with the Velociraptors? So basically oh, yes. someone so, took yeah. every single press shot of Michael Bublé and put a Velociraptor's <laughs> head like in the background. <laughs> it's very, very, it's, it's almost like uh, unpredictably um, entertaining. Very, yeah. very funny. Enjoyable. Uh, somebody, actually, somebody else actually got back in touch, a previous emailer, and one of our favourites certainly, uh, with a little bit more information. And he ended uh, with Ben Nicolet, Canadian, not American, blah, 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 uh, Stephen Page, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So, but do you want it to start that email? Yeah. It's, it's quite an interesting one. It's do, from Pilot Neil. We're doing emails before we're doing it spin. Is that what's happening now? Oh, well, well, well this is the emails part, isn't it? Yeah, we're okay. not, not going to take a, a break at 10 past. That's crazy talk. All right, I just really want to add an it's been I wanted to get in. Oh, sorry. Right, yeah. okay. All right. From we'll, my mate Sean. Okay. It's, it's good. It's been. Do another one. Ich bin. <laughs> and then we will go to Pilot Neil. So Pilot All Neil, right, Pilot if you're Neil. in the cockpit now listening away. Keep circling. Yeah, <laughs> keep yourself in a holding pattern. Get it in autopilot, mate. Yeah. I hear it's very easy to fly a plane nowadays, according yeah. to Luke Moore. Well, Pete and I are going to do it. and We're going to Naples this week, uh, right. soon and we're going to do it. Um, anyway, uh, my mate Sean gets in touch with me out of the blue yesterday. I haven't heard from him for ages. Mm. He, he, um, he says, check this out. You've got to read this out on Luke and Pete show. This genuinely happened to me. 
He said, the other week, a mate of mine, and by the way, Sean's very Essex. I got him to email me in the exact story, but he's written it in like an Essex All right. style. So a if, mate if, of mine. If I read it badly, that's basically why. He <laughs> says, a mate of mine the other week um, stayed at the Crazy Bear Hotel, which is, I, I've looked it up, and it appears to be quite a quirky... Um, that's like a Native American name. Oddly sort of decorated hotel. It looks quite sort of... I don't know if it's gimmicky, because it looks quite nice, but you know what mm. I mean. He says, he phoned me the next day, absolutely raving about it, asking if we all me and our mates all wanted to go as a group with our wives and girlfriends. And I just shrugged it off and thought not much about it. Mm. And then no more than two days later, I get an email in my hotmail confirming my booking at Crazy Bear. <laughs> okay, the same hotel. I thought, that's a bit weird. And I made the connection, so I phoned him and said, oh, that's lovely, mate, but you shouldn't have, etc. He swears blind that he's got absolutely nothing to do with it. What? So I'm having none of this. Um, he's done this sort of thing before, and I just, support, I just thought he'd, he'd done it for us. Um, so I phoned the hotel and asked if it was legitimate and it's all paid up. And they say, yeah, of course, it's all paid up. Um, I confirmed my email, and I was convinced it was my friend, so I just left it, uh, put it in my diary. Day before comes along, and I phone him saying, thanks again, me and... The missus are really looking forward to it. Uh, and he flatly denies it again. I couldn't get it out of my mind that he had done it for us. Uh, so anyway, we went along, me and my, my missus. We turned up on the Sunday, having booked a Monday off work and yeah. go to check in. Gave my name uh, and the email. And they said, that's lovely. This way to your room. And we go into our room and, and we sat down. We've unpacked our stuff. And we're sipping the complimentary champagne and the phone rings. And it's reception saying, right. um, you've got a table booked in the Thai restaurant next door at 830 and um, we go, oh, it's lovely, thanks. What, 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 Very trusting people. Well, what's They'd be happened? no good in a horror film. Well, he, he thinks, oh, they've got, his mates obviously booked a table for four and they're going to surprise him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at that point, my friend Sean rings up, rings back and says, oh, do you know if the table's for four? And they said, no, no, it's only for two. He goes, okay, that's a bit weird. So as, we, as we're continuing to unpack and drinking our champagne, the phone goes again. And Sean says, his missus answers the phone and, and the receptionist says, excuse me, can you confirm the name of the reservation again? Mm. And she says, yeah, Sean Holder. Uh, and he said, in the email, and he confirms the email and the phone number, com- confirms that as well. And they say, that's strange because there's a Sean Holder in reception looking to check in. Oh, no. So our faces dropped, but I was still convinced it was my friend having Being me idiot, on. Yeah. So I, I, I just go up to reception, which incidentally is some tarty conversion of the bottom of a double-decker red bus in which no one can stand up properly. <laughs> I look around and see no one familiar and ask if there's a Sean Holder here. A man turns around and says, yes. He ended up sending me his confirmation and no one booked a thing. Um, what happened was that there it's was a the guy there address. with exactly the same name in the reception in the same area and it, the email address was spelled S-H-A-U-N, but my ah. friend's name is S-E-A-N, and they got the confirmation wrong on the email when they booked it, and they sent him the email instead of the, 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 the actual guy that booked it. What so, are the chances of that happening? How have they managed to... So when you say they've done that, I mean, I presume the company have got the name wrong rather than the mm. person himself, mm. and they've just got the wrong email address, Yeah, and they just went along with it thinking it was, wow. Uh, but the chance of that must be absolutely astronomical. Incredibly remote. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that said, uh, we did get a, an email from uh, Virgin Wi-Fi. Yes, now I've got a bone to pick with our listeners about that. <laughs> I've been getting emails through saying, thank you very much for registering on to use Virgin East Coast Wi-Fi <laughs> after you yes. started doing farts at farts.com. I was yeah. nothing to do with this. Why are they targeting me? I know, that's what I like about this. So, yeah. Why, am I, why am I not as, as popular as you? <laughs> well, also the Luke and Pete show got one as well. Oh, did they? Sure, the Luke and Pete show okay, right, home. okay. So people are doing that as well. <laughs> Hello at lukeandpeetshow.com, Pete. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Anyway, should we go? No, uh, I heard it Sean looking picture. Yeah, <laughs> spelled S E A N. Should we go back to Pilot Neil? Yes, yeah, sorry, yes. Pilot Neil. Permission to land. Yes. <laughs> Permission granted. Uh, hello to Pilot Neil. Uh, very excited to hear my email read out on last week's show. Uh, no cocaine on board this week, as far as I know. Just a drunk Glaswegian who have to be, had to be offloaded by police. <laughs> uh, a quick follow-up to uh, some of your questions, then I'll shed my anorak and leave you in peace. Hopefully with a pertinent Mencarta entry too. Yes, autopilots can land aircraft, Luke, and the technology has been around since the 60s. I do not want to see a plane from the, the 60s, 60s. No way. landing. Wow. But mind you, Pete, they put a man on the moon in the 60s. So Good point. Mm. All on an Amstrad CPC or something. Yeah. Or lands, uh, which is what they call them, presumably, are only really done when the visibility is so poor that a pilot would be unable to see the runway in time to correct the aircraft's trajectory quickly enough to make a safe landing. Do you reckon I've been on a plane that's auto-landed? Or is this just for very extreme circumstances? Because that makes me feel a bit queasy. I reckon you and I have both been on a plane that's auto-landed. And I'll tell you the exact flight, London to to Johannesburg in 2010. If you remember, we landed and it was so foggy, I didn't even know we were on the, really, that we were close to to the ground. And we just just hit the ground. It was fog all around us. Right. So that must have been an auto-land. Holy moly. As, as we call it in the trade. <laughs> um, yeah, if the visibility is any lower than 550 metres, then the autopilot has to land the aircraft. If sophisticated enough uh, equipment is installed, the pilots don't actually need to see anything at all before the wheels touch, touch uh, ground, uh, which is initially a very disconcerting feeling. The aircraft <coughs> will roll out along the centre line of the runway, and in actual fact, taxiing from there to the parking stand can be more of a problem when it's that foggy mm. than actually landing the plane. That's a testament to the, to the technology, wow, isn't it? To install, calibrate and maintain a low visibility landing system, it's obviously very expensive, so they're not available everywhere. And while autolands are generally very precise, the crosswind limit is roughly half that of a human pilot. So we're going to be on board for uh, the foreseeable future. So mm. obviously dealing with winds is, uh, you know... Well, crosswinds are very difficult, aren't they, for, mm. for, for landings, I think, particularly. To Luke's point about how much a pilot's job is to just be there for, for passengers' peace of mind, I'll share some of the most common questions visitors to the flight deck come out with. I didn't think people were allowed to visit the flight deck anymore. Security. One, isn't it small in here? Well, we are really just sitting here, not assembling (laughs) flat pack furniture or anything. (laughs) How do you know what all the buttons do? That's why they're all labelled. Yeah. Um, I'm always very disconcerted by the fact that there's always a manual on board. Yeah. And like when there's been trouble landing planes and like in a lot of like the bad ones that have crashed, like some of like things have been going where people have had to go through a manual before actually landing. Because right. Every, you can't know everything about no, the exactly. aircraft. It's a very complex bit of machinery. Of course. Um, what sort of batteries power this baby? Vata Industrials, apparently. Right. Um, and you basically just sit here watching the plane fly itself, don't you? He said, surely that's a good thing. Would you rather you'd be getting more from your... Would you feel you'd be getting more from your airfare if you knew we were up here on oxygen, putting out engine fires and avoiding mountains? Well, I do want you to be able to do that if you have to. Yeah, I guess so. Um, pretty much like a goalkeeper, isn't it, being a pilot? Yeah. You're there until you something goes yeah. wrong and you're like, oh, God. It's all about concentration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, finally, a possible candidate for Mencarta could be the memorial to flight U- uh, UTA, UTA um, 772, which was brought down by a Libyan terrorist bomb on a flight from... Uh, Endogema, uh, Enjamina yeah. to Paris in uh, 1989, the year after the Lockerbie uh, disaster. The aircraft wreckage came down in a, an extremely remote uh, area of the Tenere. Tenere, I'm terrible this week, sorry, Luke. Uh, Tenere uh, Desert in Niger uh, with the loss of uh, all 170 souls on board. In 2007, victims' families uh, created a memorial near to the crash site using thousands of black rocks that were trucked in to create a huge compass 
uh, Raw's an outline in the shape and dimensions of the Lost DC. Yeah, I've seen that. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's in the middle of nowhere, which is incredible. Um, and also one of the airliners' wings was used as a compass point. That's right. And there's 170 broken mirrors uh, yes. to, to remember the victims of the crash as well. I've, I've seen it. It's a fantastic memorial. And the memorial is clearly visible from the air as you fly over. And indeed on Google Maps, just search for flight UTA 772. All the best, Dost Emanuel and Crosscheck, he says. Yeah. Pilot Neil, um, he said he's going to put down his anorak. And, and thanks for that email, Neil. But and sorry for reading it out so badly because he's such a nice writer as Pilot Neil. But listen, he's not going to get away with that easily because he says after this email, he's going to put his uh, anorak down and uh, leave us all to it. Well, we've had an email specifically right. targeting Neil. Pilot Neil. Pilot Neil. And, by, and a ground-to-air question missile. Yes, yeah. from JW, who says, um, I'm currently listening to episode 50, and hearing the airline pilot's cocaine story made me incandescent with rage. <laughs> As an attorney, albeit in the US, and ignorant of the rules of evidence in the UK and various Commonwealth states such as India, the idea that police would chuck two kilograms of cocaine onto a flight and call it a day is mind-boggling. Chain of custody of evidence is a big deal. Any indication that the government took said evidence and placed it into private hands with no oversight to be delivered via uncertain means at the end of an international flight makes my hair hurt and would equal an instant acquittal uh, in, I know not the case here, but an American court. I call shenanigans. Anyway, love the show. JW's called you out here, Neil. We need more information, so do get back in touch and, and, and take, take us into the next chapter of this saga. Well, I'm sure reputable airlines presumably have a license to fly evidence. Yeah, you'd hope so. With the governing bodies. It's got to get there somehow, hasn't it? Yeah. You can't have an FBI man handcuffed everything, yeah. going on foot everywhere. <laughs> and also, you know, I mean... I can't. I don't know what Indian courts look like, but they're probably a little less rigorous than the US ones. Is that fair to say? Well, Would there, that be fair to say? There was definitely two kilograms when we put it on the plane. <laughs> and what the pilots did yeah. when they barrel rolled the plane a yeah. few times. Yeah. yeah. Should we have um, some more emails, but should we have a break first, PT? All right, then. Let's have a bloody break. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening Thank to you. their St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Never argue with the customers. You don't even have to talk over the end of that one because there's no problem with it, editorially speaking. No. No. <sighs> Alex. Hello, Alex. Were we talking about Apples at any point, Luke? I, I saw this email and I was confused as well. Mm, we must have at some point. As the resident uh, grocery expert, I would like um, Pete to specify which apple he would like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Seeing as, is he going to send me this apple? No. Seeing as we have, still have about a thousand different apples. It's such a weird email, but I like it because it's just so kind of like, name an apple you like. And he's given a list here as Alex or she. Go on. Um, Fuji, Gala, Honeycrisp, Pink Lady, Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Lady Apples, Jonah Gold, Brayburn, Granny Smith and Jazz. Do you know you can regularly get different um, types of apple on the same tree? I think is the cross-pollination right? thing is quite important for growing apple trees. I see. Um, Honeycrisp are popular in the US. I know that. I've never right. heard of them before I went there. My favourite out of that list would be a Brayburn, I would say. And Brayburns are like the uh, rugged, um, autumny ones. No, red and green, very yeah. shiny. They're not rugged. No, but they're like, kind of like, they're, it's a solid. You're taste. thinking of like a Cox. A, it's not like a shitty kind of garlic. He's not even put a Cox in here. Yeah. He must, I reckon Alex is American because Cox are the excellent uh, um, example of an English apple. And he's right? not put it in there. No. Honeycrisp are American, though. I know that. Um, I'm not really into Granny Smith. They're a bit sharp, a bit tart. Fuji, the big um, yellow ones, aren't they? Yes, they are, right. yeah. They're yeah. T- pretty tasteless, then. Quite fluffy. Yeah, so there you go. I hope that answers your question, I Alex. like a Brayburn or a Pink Lady at a push. Yes, there we go. I have heard that about you, Mr. Donaldson. Alex says uh, his preferred, his or her um, preferred apple type is Honeycrisp. Yeah, again, very, very popular in the Honey US. Honey peeps, don't do it to me. What about, what about this, then, uh, Peter? Um, 
this email you've sent to me, but there's no one's name at the bottom of it. So apologies to who, whoever you are, but you who know who then? you are. Who just then? You know who you are. Okay. Uh, it says, lads, I was in the pub having a meal when I overheard this conversation. This is on the subject of stupid sayings. Mm. Uh, it's probably the stupidest thing I've heard to date. Man, why don't you have the gammon? Woman, I don't like fish. Man, what? Woman, it's fish. I don't like fish. Man, gammon isn't fish. It comes from pigs. I love him saying that. It comes from pigs. <laughs> it comes from pigs. She says, oh, I thought it was fish because it rhymes with salmon. I'm having that. I think that's good. Gammon no. and salmon. That's just confusing to non-English speakers. No one has ever said, oh, it rhymes with that, so it must be also the same type of food as that. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it just does not happen, Pete. I'm having it. I'm enjoying that uh, immensely, quite frankly. What have you got next? Um, I've got one from Darren Cornell. All right. Darren Cornell. Uh, this is uh, kind of a Mencata entry, but not really, but it is fascinating. Um, hello, Luke and Pete. I first heard this on a different podcast. Boo. A while ago. <laughs> Hopefully you don't mind that. It's nothing to do with any of your recent discussion topics. Uh, no sick, no bread, and no Stubbington fucking study centre. Oh, I don't have a pop at the study centre. Yeah. That the SSC. Uh, back in the 1940s when German subs were smashing up Allied ships, an inventor named Jeffrey Pike came up with an idea, a boat made of ice, or more specifically, a material which he'd invented and named Pycrete, which is a combination of ice and wood chip, as this would be harder to destroy. Now, if you Google um, Pycrete, or Pycrete, uh, P-Y-K-R-E-T-E, there are mm. a lot of demonstrations of people firing pretty large calibre um, guns at big blocks of Pycrete they've made themselves, and it really is something else. Like, How do you make it? You literally get some wood pulp, or wood shavings, put it in water and freeze the water, and it is incredibly, uh, it's, it's incredibly stable tough. and incredibly tough. Um, to demonstrate the uh, durability, uh, and presumably of uh, it's pronounced pycrete, like concrete, presumably. Presumably, yeah. yeah. Uh, to demonstrate the durability of pycrete, uh, Lord Man- Lord Mountbatten, the chief of combined operations, took a block of pycrete and a block of ice to a group of admirals and generals at a project meeting. He drew his service revolver in the office and shot the block of ice which shattered as expected. He then shot the pycrete. The bullet ricocheted off it and uh, hit Admiral Ernest King, chief of naval operations, in the leg. <laughs> I love this. That's how you know the meeting took place in the 1940s. <laughs> men bringing out sidearms. Fire, yeah. yeah. Even in, around in England, the most genial place. <laughs> um, have you seen our murder rate recently? Yeah. Uh, this was apparently enough to convince all involved that this was a good idea because if it's stronger than ice, it'll probably make a good warship. And construction began on what was called uh, Project Habakkuk. The ice would be cooled by cooler coils running through the thick pycrete walls. To this day, at the bottom of Lake Louise in uh, Lewis, Louise in uh, Canada is a pile of coils and wood chip uh, and it can be found with a sign informing divers of Project Habakkuk. Unfortunately, by the time construction had made any major progress, the war had moved on and the project was scrapped. Or just sunk, presumably. Yeah. Fascinating. An unofficial bit of uh, Mencarta there. I love it. From Darren Cornell. Thank I you, I absolutely Darren. love this. I love the idea of Pycrete. I love the idea of uh, shooting Pycrete. Um, well, I love the idea of other people doing it and me looking at them. But um, Getting a ricochet in your leg. Thanks for that, Darren. On the, on the murder rate thing, Peter, I'm pleased you brought that up because I, I forgot about that and you reminded me. Mm. That, that thing that made it into all the newspapers last week about um, London's murder rate overtaking New York for the first time ever. Mm. That was some of the most irresponsible reporting I've ever well, seen. It, it, it was like it was. a misful, uh, sorry, a, a willful misreading of statistics. What's actually happened is New York City, because of their um, their new way of policing, 
um, what they would call, I suppose, community policing. I've seen the murder rate in the U- in New York drop from like 2,000 a year down to now it's just dipped below London. Mm. London's murder rate stayed exactly the same. So they, it was just a really misleading um, headline by them. Yeah, why can't we do what New York does, yeah? Well, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Cressida Dick, head <laughs> of the Met Police, Pete. That's a weird death horse, isn't it? Because she was, she was part of the uh, Minotheth um, shooting, wasn't she? Cressida Dick. Can't put that in. Why? Was she? Yeah, she was. So I thought you were going to say it's a weird name. No, well, it is a weird name, but she was. Uh, she was. I think she head of operations in that operation. Give it a Google. I promise you. I promise you. Right, I promise right. you come back to us. I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, all right. I'll I'm believe just saying, you. Just saying. Just, it, was just, it was just a weird. She was part of a high profile fuck up, and suddenly she's the head of uh, the head of operations at uh, the Met. I've got an email, Peter, which Ooh. is so mundane that I, and with the greatest respect to um, Charlie. But I really want to include it. No, no, no. I really want to include it. Right. Right. He says, Hi lads, uh, first off, batteries. I was surprised to be picking up Japan Tech batteries from the floor at my friend's house Ooh. after knocking the remote off the chair. Mm. No back cover, classic. But I thought batteries in Japan, how very Pete. Um, <laughs> I was chatting with a friend about stuff being filmed near where we lived. I'm from the Isle of Dogs, and so plenty of stuff has been because of Canary Wharf and Greenwich and all that. Yeah. Um, so uh, upon Googling something, including the words uh, movie Isle of Dogs, I discovered Pete's new favourite, an actual movie that's called Isle of Dogs. Uh, I found it funny hearing your chat recently right after that happened. Anyway, you went on to mention the London Arena. The XL Centre is not on the Isle of Dogs. I thought it was. In fact, I'm going to Google it now because I was convinced it absolutely was. Well, Charlie, um, or Charlie, he or she is putting her or his head over the parapet and yeah. getting involved, so probably right. It's on the Royal, uh, mm. Royal Victoria Dock, apparently. There we go. But he says, however... Uh, the London Arena was at the end of my street, but hasn't existed for years. It was instant nostalgia when Pete mentioned it. I saw the London Knights play ice hockey there, wrestling, monster trucks, Disney on ice, and God knows what else. Way back, Gary Glitter even played right there, right after the news came out. Uh, and my mum's friend got arrested for trying to sell the tickets outside instead of actually going in. Um, there's more flats there in this place now with the Papa John's at the bottom and, of course, another Tesco Express. So I suppose I've got a few topics of conversation. What significant changes have happened around the places you grew up? What locations from your area have you seen in film or TV? And what's the most interesting film when you've actually come across in person? All the best, Charlie. Do you want me to give you a few? Wow. What, what, the um, film and TV the one? Questions, yeah. I saw Rob Ryden filming an advert down the bottom of my road not that long ago. I mean, I live in the centre of town, so... Oh, yeah, you see I mean, stuff all the time. a lot of stuff. Rihanna was uh, filming her second last uh, music video Didn't with Didn't Taylor Swift do it as well? Oh, that, was, a, that was an East London, I think. There's a lovely, um, there's a lovely F-E-A-R Ian Brown uh, video from back in the day, late 90s, early 90s. And, oh, f- and uh, it, Fear, yeah? Yeah, it goes straight through... Uh, it goes down Berwick Street Market, uh, down my street a little bit, and then down across Shaftesbury Avenue into Chinatown. Uh, and mm. he just does it on a bike, and it's all, back, all filmed backwards. Or rather, it, it's reversed afterwards, obviously. And, uh, and uh, it's just nice to see my part of Soho um, back in the day. Like, not that long ago, but you can see how people collect rubbish from the streets now. It mm. used to be an absolute shit show there. And really? It was really grotty, and there was like a... It was like a strip club on every little, um, every little corner, little clip, clip clubs clip, everywhere. Clip joint. You're, mm. you're always going to get things being filmed around where you live because it's quite a famous part of town. Mm. Where, where I grew up, um, and the question Charlie asked was where you grew up, Pete, actually, not where you live now. Right, okay. um, well, I, I've shown some personal growth. You have. You have. <laughs> I don't eat as many Hermansy Germans in the last year, so. I don't really like the, the chips in there. Uh, They're like oven-baked chips. Who's gone to Hermansy Germans and concentrate on the chips? 
I'm just saying this. It's an Probably accompaniment does. to the meal that mm. sort of lets you down a bit. Um, <laughs> loads of movies are filmed where I'm from in Gosport because it's quite a lot of military stuff around there. Right. So I think um, maybe the most recent Avengers maybe was shot around there. I think part of Dunkirk might have been shot around there as well. Mm. So it does happen. But we um, talked about um, locations. Um, get or, Carter, or, Hartlepool. Was it? Yeah, well, part of it. The original the beach, one. The beach scene. Oh, yeah. and didn't we talk about Ridley Scott getting inspiration from Hartlepool yeah. as well for Blade Runner? The, um, I, I think sometimes directors just change their stories to suit whoever they're talking to, really, but yeah. You would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. But the, the, the amount of changes around where I grew up, we talked about this on the Doomsday Project, didn't we, remember? That's right. That's <coughs> Project true. Doomsday or whatever. So you can hear that on about episode 40 or something yeah. like that. Well done, Charlie. Mm. Well done, Charlie. Um, right, so where do we go now? Should we have a Men Carter? Have you got one? Uh, well, I mean, I've given you everything that I've got, so have you got one? <laughs> I haven't got one, though. No. Oh, for crying out loud. Well, uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll have one next time. But it's Monday today. Why don't we do one on Thursday? Why don't we let people um, just ease their way back into the week on the Monday? I hope your commute's been shortened and, 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 and gone by a lot quicker for, for listening to this nonsense. And we'll come back to you with a, with a men carter on Thursday. Okie dokie. How about uh, that? We'd like to give um, uh, maximum props to, uh, is it Maya Angelou's birthday? Whose birthday is it? Yeah, Maya Angelou's. Right, 90th. My, my, yeah, yeah, 90th. So. so we'll do that on Thursday with the, uh, with the theme tune. Good morning. The men carter. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's hello, hello at, at Luke, Luke and Sean. <laughs> com. <laughs> yeah. Luke and Pete. Shaw.com. Hello at Luke and Pete Shaw.com. Yeah. If you are a man called Sean Holder, uh, he doesn't mind me naming him. If you're the other man called Sean Holder and you're listening <laughs> to this show, get in touch because that would be hilarious. What a fascinating story. I know. It's such a weird coincidence. It's amazing. But very trusting that you just go along with it. A man with the same name in the same area mm. who has uh, links to the same hotel and booked a hotel that his best friend went into the week before. It's incredible. it's incredible. What are the chances? What are the chances? Yeah, who knows? Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with more. No, this week, Thursday, Sorry, Pete. This week, Get I with forget. the programme. I just I forget sometimes. I'm going to start talking about Easter again in a minute, if you're not oh, careful. Oh, I'd love a bit of chocolate. Jesus. That was, that was genuinely a slip of the finger. <laughs> that wasn't me messing up. I mean, it was me technically yeah. messing up, people, but um, I didn't press it deliberately. You know people think you do this stuff on purpose. Yeah. I'm a shambles. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll leave, I leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to 
battle druids in wizard duels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of wizard duel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead.